from the Associated Credit Union of Texas Studios. Get associated with Kathy, ACU of Texas in the community. Now, it's time for Vinyl Draft Radio with your host, Kathy Watina. Available online Thursdays at 12 noon at VinylDraftRadio.com. It is Vinyl Draft Radio. Now, here's your host, Kathy Watina. Thank you, thank you. Well, I am not Kathy Watina. This is Jay Kopic from ACU of Texas. Uh, Kathy took a break and went to Disney with her family. Uh, so she asked me to sit in. So welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody that's joining us on Vinyl Radio, or uh, Vinyl Draft Radio. Got to make sure we say that right. I have a couple of my very good friends in the studio with me, uh, Ms. Heather Melton. Hello. And Mr. Donnie Doffenbaugh. Hello. And we will get into both of these guys' story in just a second because it is fantastic. Uh, I do want to give you a little bit about why we're here and the setup of uh, the organization that the three of us are the executive directors for uh, in the greater Gulf Coast area. Uh, Donnie and Heather and I met in preparation for a program called, or a, or a group called SERVE, uh, Southeast Resource Veterans Effort. Uh, believe it or not, guys, three years in August uh, oh. since we started wow. this thing. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, three years ago, we started in a small conference room at the credit union. There were five organizations, uh, last week when we had our meeting, we had, we have over 35 groups now represented. Uh, we had almost 30 people in the room. Uh, we were standing room only, uh, and it is just fantastic to see the progress that we have made as an organization, uh, in doing what we do, which is our mission. And that mission is to help greater Gulf coast area veterans and their families, uh, get to the resources that they need and to get to the organizations that have those resources. Uh, one of the things that, that I found absolutely stunning about the military network is that Texas is the second largest group of veteran home uh, in the country behind California. In the next 10 years, it's projected to be the largest. Uh, and so we do have a lot of veterans that A, enlist from Texas and B, move back to Texas uh, after their enlistment is over or they move to Texas from another state after that enlistment. Uh, and both of you guys are, uh, I know definitely Donnie from Iowa, that, that's a, a telling story for you as well. Uh, when we started this back in 2015, w one of the programs or, or one of the pieces that I ran into was uh, CERB was born out of the fact that networking in the area was not necessarily taking place. And I had met a, a young lady named uh, Lydia, and Lydia had introduced me to a process of grant writing. Uh, and through that process, we hired a, a gentleman uh, that started a, or brought in a program for the credit union called the Haven Grant. And through the Haven Grant, I met Donnie. And Donnie was helping us with a veteran in his back, get his backyard reset because of a problem that he had with uh, an injury or disability that he sustained during um, his time in combat. And so that's how I met Donnie. I, I knew another gentleman named Sam Alex. And what I got to thinking was, hey, Sam doesn't know Donnie, and Donnie doesn't know Heather, and Heather doesn't know Sam. And, and the networking part of it was, hey, bring these guys together, let them tell their story once a month. And when they do that, they're gonna remind each other what they do, how they do it, and then a veteran's gonna have an opportunity to have the resource not just with Heather's group and not just with Donnie's, but with both. And when we started with the five, uh, we did cover pretty good ground from a work standpoint, from a health and mental health standpoint. Uh, but now that we've added some of the other groups, I mean, we really have done a fantastic job uh, in getting that lead up. 
the population of veterans in Texas right now is a little over $1.6 million. Uh, $1.6 million. Yay, $1.6 million veterans. And again, it depends on which study uh, that you look at. The thing that was most telling for me and, and the thing that I think CERV has done uh, a very good job of, believe it or not, the female veteran population is growing leaps and bounds. Uh, if you look at some of the statistics out of the 1.6 million in Texas, almost 180,000 of those in Texas are female veterans. And almost 80% of those that are currently um, listed as a veteran of the uh, armed services, 80% of those actually enlisted after the first Gulf War. And almost 48% of them uh, enlisted after 9-11. Uh, and so the, the female in combat, the female in the enlistment has grown dramatically. Uh, and again, uh, Heather's living proof of that sitting here with me. Um, one of the things I do want to touch on today as we go through this, and I'll bring these guys in in, in just a second, um, you know, the importance of the, the female veteran is the fact that, A, there's, par there's becoming parity in the military, too. Services are different, and, and how they are treated and how they connect with resources is different than how a male does. And within the group of serve, we probably have five or six groups that specifically work for women. Uh, all of the groups do, uh, but there are some that specifically work towards uh, helping the female veteran. Uh, and with that, what I do want to do is I want to start with Heather. So, uh, Heather, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jay. You're very welcome. Tell us a little bit about you, about your um, military career, and then your work with MVPN. And we, we have some time, so have sure. fun. All right. So, yeah, Heather Melton. I'm the Peer Service Coordinator with the Military Veteran Peer Network. It is actually the Galveston chapter. Uh, there are 37 chapters across the state. I cover Galveston County and Brazoria County. You talked a little bit about the populations of veterans that Texas has. Galveston County has a little over 20,000 veterans, and Brazoria County has about 25,000 veterans, I believe. So it's a ton. And the Military Veteran Peer Network doesn't only serve the veterans, they serve the service members, active duty, reservist um, veterans, and their family members and the children. And we try to do a lot for... <laughs> everybody we don't want we don't want anybody to be left out it's a it's a community engagement right um so i'm from a small town in east texas grew up around like livingston staying on the lake with my dad and love the water and i tried to go to college right after high school and i was working all night going to school all day and i was like man i gotta i gotta get out of here and do something different you know this is just not what i thought it was going to be and so i went to all the different recruiters and i talked to all of them <clears throat> and I knew I wanted to be on the water, but I knew for sure I didn't want to be on the Navy in a big boat, like, gone, like, forever. Like, that that was not <laughs> choice number one for me. Actually, choice number two was going to be the Marine Corps. I almost went in the Marine Corps. I may, maybe I would have met Donnie a little bit sooner. It's crazy. But I'm super glad that I chose the Coast Guard. I love doing law enforcement and search and rescue. I was actually stationed here in Galveston at the small boat station. Um, we had 225, 247, super fun, super good time. Um, and it's, it's needed. It's very important to secure our borders in that way. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. And, you know, hurricanes came and went and started a family. And, uh, you know, experienced a couple of personal traumas and traumas in the service. But I didn't let that slow me down. You know, I, I got out and I had a hard time transitioning back into the community. But, you know, we persevere we we do what we need to do so i went to work and i went home and you know i was going back and forth and living the life right doing the american thing and i was like wow something something's missing 
And one day, Talisa Kill, who is now the director at MHA in Harris County, uh, she came in talking about the Military Veteran Peer Network Program, and I was blown away. Like, I was the quiet one at the table. She was like, who's a veteran, and who's done this? Like, we need to get involved and help other people, and I didn't say a word. I just listened the whole time. And when she was done talking and explaining the program, she was like, well, who wants to participate? And I just kind of jumped right out of her. You know, I, I do. You know, this is something that I didn't even know that I was missing. Um, and it came to be true. I started hanging around, and uh, long story short, I wound up actually filling uh, the vacancy when she left and have been the peer service coordinator there for three years and almost started with serve right away. But the program filled a void that I did not know that I had. I did not know any of the people that I served with. I didn't, ha I didn't know that there were so many freaking army people running around in the community. How many of you guys are there out there? Anyway, seriously, they're, they're everywhere. And then, you know, so many people in the Marine Corps and the Reserves, and I learned about the National Guard and all the different services and programs that are available. I was one of those people that I didn't even consider myself a veteran for a very long time. And I didn't take advantages of the services. I didn't know that they were out there. And this program is amazing. It has positively affected my family. Um, I've gained friends, lifelong relationships. We've helped other people. And if you're not a part of this Military Veteran Peer Network, then you are sorely missing out. And that's not to say you can't be a part of all the other organizations, too, because you can. It's just more knowledge, more networking, more resources, and it's a fantastic thing to be a part of. So we recruit and train volunteers to provide peer support to one another. So we have a free state certification where you can become a peer support mentor with the network. And that doesn't mean you have to sign a contract and do all this extra stuff. It just means that you are more equipped to go out and provide that peer support that you're already doing anyways. If you're a veteran or a family member, if somebody is in need or looking for something, you're gonna direct them to the right place. You're gonna try to provide that hope and you know the resources and the trainings that we can provide just help you do that better. It, that's all it is. And we work together, we communicate on a regular basis, we celebrate the small successes, and we try to bring up the people who are, who are down or struggling and it, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool to be a part of, Jay. So hopefully all our listeners will come and jump on that with us. Well, you mentioned breaking from service and, and that time period, that transition, and, and not really knowing, A, how to do that, and B, what is it that you would do from a transition standpoint after getting out of the military? You know, myself, not being a, a veteran, and you guys are well aware of that, you know, serving is done in such various ways. Uh, and the first thing that, that you guys taught me was, doesn't matter if you're a veteran or not, everybody can participate and everybody can serve. Mm -hmm. But you bring up a good point that we talk about every single month and, and probably more often than that, and that is what do these guys and gals who are separating, what advice would you give them about, hey, you're separating, what's the first thing that they should do? The first thing they should do is right away to get connected to one of these programs that are available just so you know that it's there, that you know the people who can be there to support you, to point you in the right direction, to pick you up when you fall. Because um, I'm telling you, I, everybody, when they're in, they, they're ready to get out. They hate their service. They're just ready to leave and take off the uniform. But once you do, it's, 
it's not what you think. I mean, it's a whole different world. You have to learn a whole new way of life that you, you've never been an adult before in the community. So now you have to learn to be an adult, right? You don't have to be an adult when you're in the military. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but get connected to the services. I mean, I'm telling you, when I first got out, I was doing everything under the sun that I shouldn't have been doing. I had bright pink hair. I got all my tattoos and all my piercings, and I was wild. I was just like, oh, you're not going to tell me what I have to do anymore. You're not going to tell me where I have to be. You're not, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to. But, but what I want to do has changed, right? So that's, we have the ability to make choices and to live a positive life and, you know, to, to help others along the way and to learn things and achieve things. And so we just, that's what we have to do. We just have to set our sights on the future that we want not just because we can, you know, don't run around right. and just do things because we can, but, you know, where do we want to be? Where do we want the world to be? How can we help it get to that place? What's the need? How can we fill it? So let's do it. Let's do it. Well, believe it or not, we made it to our first break. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to introduce Donnie Doffenbaugh and his program with the Coalition to Salute America's Heroes. So, Donnie, stay tuned for that. But you are listening live to um, serve. Heather J. and Donnie on uh, VinylDraftRadio.com. We'll be right back with more Get Associated with Kathy on Vinyl Draft Radio. The light beer you've been waiting for has arrived. Corona Premier is a superior light lager brewed to be easy drinking with a taste that's undeniably Corona. Premier is an exceptional light beer, perfect for taking a moment to look around and appreciate all that you've accomplished so far. Lower carbs, lower calories, higher expectations. Corona Premier. Enjoy the view. Drink responsibly. Corona Premier, imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Chuck Sports Bar and Memorabilia in League City is exactly what you picture a hometown bar to be. A perfect place to watch the game with friends, all the while enjoying great food, great drinks, and a friendly staff. Chuck's is also the home of Celebrity Bartender Nights, Open Mic Nights with Robert Del Toro, Karaoke Nights, and more. Chuck's is located at 601 East Main in Old League City and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 4 to 11 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 4 to 1 a.m. Call Chuck's 832-632-1325 or find them on Facebook by searching Chuck's Sports Bar League City. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. When was the last time you went to the dentist? One year? Three years? More? Most of us get so busy that we don't go to the dentist like we should. Well, maybe it's because you're not going to the right dentist. Call Dr. Teakin and his staff at Teakin Smiles right here in Link City, 281-334-4944, or go online to TeakinSmiles.com. Because seeing your dentist shouldn't be a pain. We're back with more Get Associated with Kathy, live from the ACU of Texas studios. And we are back. So once again, it's Get Associated with Kathy, but you're actually here with Jay from Associated Credit Union of Texas. We are coming live from the Associated Credit Union of Texas studio, and I have two of my very favorite people in the world, Heather Melton, which you heard 
prior to the first break, uh, and Mr. Donnie Doffenbaugh. So, Donnie, you're up on deck. So tell us a little bit about Donnie, about your service, how you got involved, and about the coalition. Well, so, Jay, thanks for having me, and uh, Heather, great job. So the funny thing about me is that, believe it or not, when a lot of people hear me talking, they automatically know. They don't assume. They know. I am not a native Texan, uh, which that's true. We, um, my family is from Des Moines, Iowa, which is where I grew up, and uh, very little travel. My very first plane ride ever uh, was actually to MCRD San Diego a, for, for Marine Corps boot camp. But um, while I was in the Marine Corps, uh, I, I loved to shoot. I became a shooting instructor. Uh, my job was what's called O3, so we call them MOSs, which means Military Occupation Specialty. Okay. Uh, mine was what's called O311. Anything O3, anything after that is, uh, it identifies you as having been in infantry something. Tons of jokes galore uh, that I could go on with that, but um, O311, it's a basic infantry rifleman. If you see a recruiting poster of a Marine, you know, wearing some pretty high-speed gear, kicking in doors, uh, performing house searches, just land navigation, you know, riding on the underside of helicopters, stuff like that. That's a lot of what we got to do, and, and it was awesome. Among infantry, uh, they have nicknames for each of the different 0311, 0351, 03, uh, 0311s. The nickname for that in the Marine Corps is Bullet Sponge because you are always in the mix of things and usually you're towards the front. So it's funny to have the nickname, and, and I've heard it from 1999 from when I joined, but it's funny to have the nickname Bullet Sponge until you become that nickname, <laughs> until you fully earn it. And so uh, I was uh, sent to Iraq in 2004. So during Fallujah, uh, Fallujah was happening during that time. And we had a lot of bad guys that were coming to our area, which is called the Sunni Triangle. Uh, when we were there, and, and there have been a, a number of uh, accounts, books, and things that were written that, that called it the Triangle of Death. Um, and it was a group of towns that were on major, uh, major thoroughways or, or highways. And so Fallujah was happening while I was in our area, which was called Mamadia. And we were on FOBS, which is F-O-B, meaning Forward Operating Base. Ours was FOB St. Michael, which was, sounded pretty cool. Very tough. Uh, a lot of tough stuff took place there. And the downside was that it, because it was earlier on, our base was pretty small. So when your base is pretty small and you've got concrete walls around your base, if a mortar round comes into the base or if someone drives in to one of the walls with what's called a V-bid or a vehicle-borne IED, uh, an improvised explosive device, your base is already pretty small. So you don't have a whole lot of protection. So I tell people it's, it's kind of like if Walmart put up a concrete fence around it, parking lot size, that's about what we were working with. So if a mortar round's coming in to explode in your base, it's not going to discriminate. There's really not a whole lot of places that you're truly protected from something like that. And at that time, we were sleeping in wood frame tents. And for whatever reason, we had sandbags on the roof on top of plywood. To me, there's a certain design flaw there. Um, but we had uh, incoming and outgoing mortar rounds would, would shake the walls. The shrapnel would go through the tent walls. I mean, it was very little protection, but it it added to the experience for me and, and for a lot of other people that I served with. So one night we're out in a bad part of town looking for people that were known to make IEDs 
or that were supplying people that were making roadside bombs. IEDs were the number one injure, uh, cause of injury, cause of maiming, and cause of death for service members for probably ongoing. It's, it's still the major problem that we're facing. And those are buried in the road, put in cars, or you know rockets or, or uh, mortar rounds that are launched into the base. So we're in a bad part of town that we called the ghetto, and we're looking for these people that are making bomb supplies and, and making IEDs that they're using to target coalition forces and especially Americans. And while we were out, our base got mortared. So with the, again, with the Marine Corps, you know, one of the things that we would do is, oh, well, we, we saw a cloud of smoke from this, from this point of origin. We're gonna run there and we're gonna cordon off the area and, and set up a perimeter and see if we can find out who's doing it. Horrible idea. Some of the time, it would, there's only a few crossings over so many of the waterways in Iraq. So we might get there and the person that was doing the mortaring, you know, had time to throw the mortar tube in his car, drive around, get some tea, possibly even watch us search the area. So we received tips that the people were using their cars and that by doing that, it put us at a higher uh, probability of being attacked again because they were, they were recognizing our tactics. So the base got mortared. We're in the bad part of town where we think these people were coming from. So we set up a checkpoint and we had you know, just drug some barbed wire and, and directioned a couple of cars to kind of channel the traffic through us. Rules of engagement were a hot topic at that time. Uh, a number of reporters had been embedded with military forces at that time, and, you know, they were reporting on certain behaviors that maybe should or should not have been taking place. So the rules of engagement were, were very tough. So at this checkpoint, if somebody didn't cross our line in the sand aggressively, we could not engage them, which makes sense and, and it sounds good until you're faced with some of the situations that, you know, you're, it's life and death based on that split second decision you make. So we have a couple of vehicles come through our checkpoint, no problem. Then this car stops and everything about it feels wrong. It was red and it was clean. And for that area, that was very uncommon. A lot of the cars were white or yellow or just beat up and crappy looking and just dirty. This guy obviously cared about his car. So we're already thinking that there may be something with his vehicle. Well, he didn't, didn't want to search in his car. And if you're looking for a mortar tube, I joke and tell people that a mortar tube in some of the vehicles in Iraq, it's kind of like if you were to put a Great Dane in the back of a Ford Escort with no tin and windows. You're not going to hide that thing. If, if someone wants to see it, you're going to see it. So we're looking for mortar tubes. This guy freaks out on us. My Arabic is a little rusty, so we call for our translator to come up. And in that time, he drove backwards. So we kind of, good riddance. You know, if you're not going to charge our checkpoint, we don't have to deal with this. Well, the bad thing is when he drove backwards, he went up into the grass and purposely tried to run over a couple of Marines. One of those guys was 18, fresh out of a school of infantry training. And being the new guy, he carried the heavier gun. So he tried to run that guy over. That guy opened fire on him. Once he was open fire, and we don't know how many times he was shot, uh, then he charged our checkpoint. So then at that point, everyone is shooting at this guy, and he pulls an AK-47 out from under his seat and shoots in my direction. So immediately when we hear gunfire, the guy on my right gets behind a concrete fence, the guy on my left gets behind a car. I got nothing but a grassy field. And one of our golden rules is if you don't have cover or concealment, Make yourself a small target as possible. So I hit the prone, 
opened fire on the guy's car, and it just, from the moment I squeezed the trigger, I don't think that that's what drew his attention towards me. I, I honestly, I just think that it was luck. But I saw the flash, and it was like everything slowed down for me, uh, kind of like a movie. And I saw the flashes, and then it, I felt it hit me. I got shot in the face. I didn't know the extent of the injury at that time. I thought it had just nicked me. So it dropped me. I laying in this is dirt and grass field mixture. The shooting stops because the guy had crashed into the corner of a building. People in that building started shooting. And I'm just radioing. And we have these old, just sucky radios that don't work half of the time. And it looks cool, but they, they're not effective. And I was radioing that I was hit and that I was hit. And all of my guys said all they could hear was crackling and what they thought was somebody's voice. Now, I thought I sounded pretty good, given the circumstances. So they came over to me, and there was this huge puddle of blood in front of my face. And the first thought came to mind was, I've got to push my weapon out of my blood because I don't want to clean blood out of my M16. And then they flipped me over, uh, kind of like a disassembly line. All of my expensive gear, they stripped it all off of me. And uh, Corman gave me a shot, wrapped my face. We thought it just nicked me, keep in mind. So 45 minutes go by, we're waiting for the medevac, which is the kind of like a Humvee ambulance to come and get me. And they're waiting because they don't want to come into a, a hostile environment, and we're still being shot at. So I'm floating on a cloud, kind of feeling like my, the morphine's kicking in. I'm watching a couple of windows in the building, and it, the, the rules were, you know, if you see anyone pop out the window, shoot them. So, Almost an hour goes by, they get me on the gurney, and by that time I'm seizuring, I'm throwing up blood, I've got stuff hanging out of me that shouldn't be, uh, big hole in my face. I get back to the, to the base hospital, and they say, wow, you're, you're pretty messed up. They cut off all my clothes, uh, looking for an exit wound, and then I see the doctor putting on the glove, putting, I see the doctor putting on the glove, and it's, you know, his, his thumb swirls in front of my face. I'm thinking, wow, that's weird, and I'm, I'm up there on morphine. And I said, sir, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm, my finger is in your face. I'm trying to follow the course of the bullet to see where it went. And I thought, oh, dang. I, again, I thought it just nicked me. So he could feel that my jaw was broken. They, they give me some other medicine. They wheel me down this, this path, and I see a helicopter. And again, our base was pretty small for this time, and I'm thinking, wow. Sergeant Major and the battalion commander are rolling down this path with me, and I'm thinking, that can't be good. But they get me to this thing, and they say, hey, you're going to get on this helicopter, and they're taking you to the hospital. Long story short, get to the hospital. The very first day I'm there, someone tries to blow off the front of the hospital with a backpack bomb. So it's like being in the hospital during an earthquake. Uh, a couple of days there, they stabilize me, tell me that the bullet had broken my jaw, destroyed my sinuses, hit my spine, and was right up outside of my brain. Uh, where it's still at today. So then they medevaced me to Launchstuhl, Germany, and I spent two weeks in Germany for stabilization and more evaluation, more in-depth. Uh, and then I, I go to Bethesda, Maryland, where I'm able to see my wife for the first time, because from Baghdad to Launchstuhl, I was downgraded from critical to serious, or serious to critical, whichever one is of lesser importance. So the Marine Corps didn't pay to fly my wife to see me. So then I'm in uh, Bethesda, and I get to see my wife, and we spent the week in Bethesda, stabilized me, and I got to go home. And that was really, for me, the start of a totally different everything. Well, 
hold on to that because we're, we're going to talk about that new start uh, right after this break. Uh, we are, we'll, we'll come back, spend a little bit more time with Donnie, uh, but you're listening to Get Associated with Jay on VinylDraftRadio.com. You can also join on YouTube.com uh, as well. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Get Associated with Kathy on Vinyl Draft Radio. Make plans for the 38th Annual Great Texas Mosquito Festival, July 26th, 27th, and 28th in Clute, Texas. Enjoy three fun-filled days of live music, food, and family fun. On Friday night, see the Spasmatics with MCA recording artist David Nail. On Saturday, start the party off right with New Orleans' favorites, Bag of Donuts, and finish the night with Texas' favorite, Kevin Fowler. For more information and a complete schedule of events, go to mosquitofestival.com. It's the Great Texas Mosquito Festival, July 26th through 28th, sponsored in part by Clute Parks and Recreation and Bud Light. Elite Care 24-Hour Emergency Room in League City offers all of the services found at a traditional hospital emergency room, but adds very short wait times, a clean and comfortable location, and outstanding service. The goal? For you to see an emergency room physician within 10 minutes of your visit and to provide you with the best, most comfortable experience while you're with them. Elite Care 24-Hour is located at 2530 Gulf Freeway in League City. Call 281-337-7500. Are you an athlete, a former athlete, or someone who just likes to stay in shape? Do you suffer with muscle aches or joint pain and are tired of pills and creams that don't seem to work? iCryo Cryotherapy's full body treatments and spot treatments can help you heal faster, feel better, and it's all natural. So there's no age limit, and the best thing, it's affordable. Cryotherapy helps your body to heal from the inside out. Go to iCryo.com today to find a location near you. iCryo will help you give pain the cold shoulder. When you're looking for a new home, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the housing market better than the back of his hand? John Wilkinson can help answer questions related to obtaining a mortgage lender up to finding and securing the best home for you. John will take your best interests as his own and provide valuable property and neighborhood information that is important to your family. Call John at 281-974-0739 or email him at john at jwgetsitsold.com to start looking for your new home. How's this weekend for you? Simply contact John Wilkinson with Better Homes and Gardens, the real estate agent invested in you. We're back with more Get Associated with Kathy, live from the ACU of Texas studios. Welcome back. Uh, We are halfway through this conversation with Heather and Donnie and talking about uh, things that we love. Uh, our, their military careers, and then our program that we share together, which is SERVE. So before the break, Donnie, you were telling your personal story. Yep. Uh, you made it all the way back to Beth- Bethesda. I, I get to say that right. Yep. And then uh, you would made a comment that that's when your life changed. And so kind of talk about the transition from Bethesda to where you're at now, the coalition, and uh, what, what's happened since then. You got it. So the thing about that, Jay, is that I didn't realize how much my injury would affect my daily life or my quality of living. So I tried to go back to being a carpenter, which is what I loved, and uh, it, it almost killed me to do that job. So at that time, I met a guy that was a double amputee who worked for the Coalition of Salute America's Heroes, and he was good friends with my twin brother. He kept reaching out to me and just wanted to say thanks and show appreciation. I wanted nothing to do with it. So then eventually I let him in, 
And I went to a couple of events with my wife and, you know, my, my daughter was so young at that time, but I started to see other injured veterans and how they responded to being shown appreciation and kind of being voluntold to come out and do things that were outside of their comfort zone. And I loved the reaction that some of these other veterans were having when they were doing this. So I asked the guy, how can I get involved? And I started volunteering. I did a couple of events. I did a lot of outreach. And uh, that was 10 years ago. I'm, uh, from, from being a volunteer, I, I became a spokesperson. So we did a lot of public outreach, a lot of events, and a lot of uh, meeting with case managers and different hospital staff to let them know who the coalition is and what we do. And then it helped me mentally and physically just as much as I was able to help other people. And now I'm the vice president of our organization. And, you know, we just picked up the Better Business Bureau seal of approval. And a number of great things are happening for us for this year. Uh, but the number of people that we're helping in some of the same situations that I was in have never been higher than they are right now. So my injury and, and my ongoing chronic pain and all of these issues that I've had going on have made me a stronger advocate. They've made me more effective and they've given me a lot of the tools, like Heather was saying earlier, to have a better impact on the people that I interact with. Well, in, and you guys are used to this when we get together in our meetings, in less than 30 seconds, what does the coalition do? If somebody were to say, tell me what the coalition do, what is your elevator speech? So the coalition is a national service organization that started to provide emergency financial support to wounded and disabled veterans. It's evolved a lot since 2004 when it was started, but we now have the largest veteran work from home program of any national veteran service organization with 40 veteran families that, that call and thank our donors. Called our Heroes Sing and Heroes program. No one has that. Uh, we also every year get the pleasure of mailing out thousands of holiday gift checks to families. Some of them have been in need throughout the year and others are just part of our, our alumni group called the Veteran Circle. And we do a huge road to recovery conference every year where we'll bring up to 100 veterans and their families. And it's mental health, it's physical well-being coaching, it's uh, counseling for them, it's benefits and services help where they need it. And for a lot of them, it's just giving them a break from the daily grind that they go through with pain and with their family and their kids. And uh, I, I can say with complete honesty, the coalition, being involved with the coalition has changed my life. Absolutely. Heather, same question. Tell, sure. tell us about MVPN and sure so the military veteran peer network is an affiliation of service members veterans and their family members um, what we do is we provide peer support so we recruit and train them to do just that we have multiple support groups in the area we work with justice involved veterans we work with veterans treatment courts we have fun family activities but we just want to support each other and that's just kind of the basis of the program so you work out of the Gulf Coast Center in Galveston. I do. And, and that actually houses a lot of other organizations. Talk about the affiliations that you have with, with some of those. You mentioned the Veteran Treatment Court uh, and go a little bit into that as well. Sure. So Veterans Treatment Court, um, well, there's one in Galveston County and then there's one in Brazoria County. Um, it's last couple of years just kind of started getting going. Um, there's two different trainings that are available. There's a national training because there's vet courts popping up all over the United States. But what's special about Texas is that we have the Texas Veterans Commission, the Military Veteran Peer Network, and we have a program that is designed to provide peer support as uh, their peers, uh, peer support mentors in the Veterans Treatment Court. So we will assign our volunteers to a service member who's going through that treatment program. It, it could be a veteran 
um, maybe who has untreated PTSD, maybe they don't realize that they have PTSD, so they're drinking to cover their symptoms or whatever it may be, and they wind up in this program, you know, it's kind of kind of last resort. And what's great about it is if they successfully complete the program, um, in some cases their, their case can be dismissed, in some cases it can just be sealed, so uh, they can go on and still seek further employment. But it's really great to be a part of, and a lot of the people who graduate actually want to come back and provide that mentorship for someone else because when you are concerned that you might start drinking again, you're not going to call your probation officer, right? Like you need a brother or sister to talk to who's been in your same shoes. Um, we try to assign service for service, so if there's like a, a Marine Corps veteran who's struggling in the program, we'll try to find one in the community who's doing really well and has already been through their struggles and have, you know, found their solutions and put those two together, and it's really a cool thing to witness. So the other, some of the other groups that are down there in the Gulf Coast Center with you, who, who are some of those? Yeah, so the Gulf Coast Center is the local mental health authority. Um, so it's really just different programs. So we have mental health programs, we have recovery programs or support groups, we have certified peer specialists. I'm actually a certified peer specialist. Um, they do children and adolescent services, IDD services, and we just try to serve the community who are not currently being served. And, that, and that's kind of where the veteran services program fits into. We want to find people in the community who are not already treating their PTSD or maybe they, they don't know why they're experiencing the issues that they're experiencing and connect those dots for them. And that's exactly why I do this because all the stuff that I experienced, I was struggling. It was a hard time in my life, and I did not have adequate peer support. And God bless her, but even today, my mother, she's like, I just, I don't even know what you went through. You know, you never told me. I just don't understand. And people don't understand. Even the ones that you really are close to, the only people that truly understand what you have been through are the people who have been through it too. Some of us are still struggling, and some of us have already moved on past it, so I encourage you, if you're one of those people who have struggled, but now you've found your way and you're doing well, please get involved, because there's plenty of our brothers and sisters that we served with that are, they're, they're not doing okay, and we are exactly the people who can bring them back up again. Well, one of the comments both of you made through this, this uh, conversation is you talked about trauma that you suffered in the, in the military, and, and we won't go into those specific pieces. You talked about a life-changing event, obviously being shot in the face, is trauma uh, beyond anything that any normal person can can understand you know you look at you look at everything that's going on in the veteran community today all the programs that you have what the coalition does you know when you go back to the va which is probably the most prominent veteran organization that that people know of uh and you know, we have some peer support specialists that join us with serve every month and, and i went looking and and some of the numbers are staggering less than half of the veterans that are currently around have used any services uh, mm -hmm. with uh, the VA. So they, I think the number is 48%, which is staggering to think that, you know, if you have, you know, 20 million veterans, that 10 million of them or less have not sought help mm -hmm. through the VA. Now, that doesn't mean they haven't sought help uh, through other organizations. They usually but, don't, Jay. They usually don't. And that's a, that's the message here is that go, go finish that thought. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been out for almost 10 years now, got out in 09. Yeah. So one more year, it'll be 10 years. I just got enrolled in the VA like two years ago. I didn't want to be a part of it. I didn't want to be considered a veteran. I had to change my way of thinking about my experiences so that I could take better care of myself. What I experience, I can't live there. I can't stay there. Right. I have to decide where I want to be and how I want my life to be. 
And those experiences have helped me now that I can understand that I can't, you know, we can't change the past. We can't change where we've been, but we have control over our future. We don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to stay stuck at all. And we can help each other just move forward in such positive ways. The people in the program, the military veteran peer network, you know, I get a lot of people that they're like, oh, thanks, Heather, you know, you helped me out a lot. But they helped me, man. Like all of our volunteers who come together and, man, it's so empowering. This is the only reason I keep doing this stuff because the volunteers are the ones who run the programs. They care about each other. They have so many stories. And, and just getting to know them and their drive and their ambition, we just, man, it's like a big wheel. We just keep on going, man. It's great. Well, and I know your, your organization, Donnie, does deal with emergency finance, but also in, in some of the information that you share with us, uh, PTSD, PTSD and TBI, those are, those are very uh, big acronyms that are being thrown around in the military. Talk a little bit about those, your organization. I know you just mentioned a little bit about mental health, and we'll come back to that as well, but... Well, and so, Jay, to, uh, to piggyback on what Heather was saying, the undiagnosed PTSD, what we're seeing now is that a lot of the veterans that don't realize that they have post-traumatic stress as a disorder or as a condition, uh, a lot of them also have traumatic brain injury, which, you know, if you're riding in a vehicle, which we've had hundreds of thousands of, of active duty service members riding in vehicles in Iraq and Afghanistan that have been exposed to blasts, and they don't have to have been injured in the blast to have, you know, if you if you shake up a can of soda, I mean, eventually it's going to want to open, you know, and, it, and it's going to spray. So it, it builds up all that pressure. And so a lot of veterans will have post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury coupled together, which is a, a pretty deadly combination if untreated or undiagnosed. And so like Heather was saying, they'll they'll go from job to job. They won't be able to, to concrete a foundation into anything because nothing mm-hmm. sticks for them. Mm-hmm. They don't know why they're so angry all the time. They have problems with memory. They have problems with other cognitive, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things that they would perform normally. And you mentioned the VA and the numbers. The, the VA, whether you love it or hate it, and I, I personally am a huge fan of the VA, they have so many services that are available, and anyone that is served can go to the VA within five years. And there are certain special cases where it can be extended beyond that. But if you go to the VA and you've been kind of wondering what's wrong with me or is something wrong with me, what's keeping me from being able to hold down a job, we have guys that apply or or girls uh, that apply to the Coalition for Emergency Financial Support that when you ask them what they do for a job, they'll give you eight different places that they've worked at in the last year or two years, and they just can't stick it. So the numbers, you know, like you said, how many veterans are not using the VA we'll have on on any given month around 250 veteran families that will apply for just financial support from the Coalition Salute America's Heroes, and over 90% of those are list uh, mental health-related issues, post-traumatic stress, and traumatic brain injury as their number one condition or issue that is the reason that they feel they're eligible to apply. It's, It's incredible that, you know, for the Coalition to help someone, we have to have a VA rating. Because as much as we want to take people for their word, we need verification or we need their condition validated by their doctor. And that helps us be good stewards because we're a nonprofit. So the money we're spending is not our money to spend. It's our donors. And we want to be able to say at the end of the day, we gave the money to the most deserving families that were the most in need. And it it just it blows my mind that over 90 percent of the people applying, it is 
strictly mental health related with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury. And if people are having these memory problems or if they're angry all the time or they can't hold a job, if they've not been into the VA, that could be one of the biggest disservices they're doing for themselves. Well, and you say disability rating, uh, which was one of the things I was going to bring up before we went back, you know, went to the last break, and that is some of the staggering numbers. When we talk about 1.6 million veterans in Texas, a third of those have a disability rating. Mm-hmm. I mean, only a third, and, and that, that's a staggering number. 350,000, 400,000 uh, veterans in Texas have a- actually gone and gotten a service. That's mm-hmm. going the other side of that. You had half of them not using the VA for any other uh for anything whatsoever, a third of them have only gotten a disability rating. And then when you really dig into the number more, a third of that third, almost 100,000 have a disability rating of over 70%. And so I think they're not seeking the information or they're not stepping forward uh, to get the information that they need. And and I bring up the VA for a very important reason, and, and that is that it is such a large organization. It's very well known. It is the centerpiece of when you talk about veteran health or veteran care, it's the centerpiece. And if half of them won't use that, our role in serve is how do we get them to understand that we have the coalition, that we have MVPN, that we have you know the other 33 or 34 organizations. And that's what we're going to talk about after the break is, you know, how do we get the word out to the veterans? If we can't get them to use the, the well-known services, how do we get the the, the local services in their own neighborhood. How do we get them there? So after the break, we'll do that. Uh, you're hearing, uh, you're listening to Get Associated with Jay on VinylDraftRadio.com. Has a good ring to it. We'll be right back with more Get Associated with Kathy on Vinyl Draft Radio. Coastal Shade Company is the Houston and Gulf Coast leader in outdoor shade coverings from palapas to pergolas, pavilions, and more. Looking for an outdoor kitchen or fireplace? No one will provide you greater value than Coastal Shade Company. Contact us today at 832-917-7672 or visit us online at CoastalShadeCo.com. Lori Coppett. A name you can trust. Lori Coppett. A senior mortgage loan originator with Prime Lending, serving the Clear Lake area for over 28 years. Lori Why are you saying it like that? Coppett. Helping hundreds of satisfied clients with their home loan needs. Lori Seriously? Coppett. If you're purchasing, refinancing, or renovating your home, visit LCOPPOCK.com to get the professional service you need. NMLS number 176539, Equal Housing Lender. Lori Oh, for God's sake. Tucked away in the side streets of Kima, the white exterior of Kima Steak Company radiates a timeless essence. Behind the doors, a casual yet elegant dining experience welcomes their guests. They make sure your dining experience is nothing but the absolute best. Come in today and see why Kima Steak Company is your perfect getaway. Kima Steak Company is located at 707 Bradford Avenue in Kima. Contact them at 281-334-9463. Reservations recommended on weekends. We the people have a right to superior cocktails and Preamble Lounge and Craft House would like to welcome you to a new cocktail revolution. Our Speakeasy inspired lounge offers signature craft cocktails in an intimate setting. With a wide selection of high-end spirits, infusions, barrel-aged beverages and cocktails, there is something for every patron in every budget. Preamble is located at 20801 Gulf Freeway in Webster and open Monday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. Preamble Lounge and Craft House, a new cocktail revolution. We're back with more Get Associated with Kathy, live from the ACU of Texas studios. Thank you. 
No, that's okay. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we've got a, our last segment in place. I am joined here with Heather Melton, uh, the Military Veteran Peer Network, MVPN for short, and Mr. Donnie Doffenbaugh, the Coalition to Salute America's Heroes. Uh, my name is Jay Kopic, and I am with Associated Credit Union of Texas, and you are seeing this uh, if you're on YouTube live from our Associated Credit Union of Texas studio. So welcome and hi. Uh, to finish this up, I mean, thank you guys for coming in. Uh, I, I know that we spent a lot of time together talking about how do we serve veterans in the greater Gulf Coast area. Uh, you know, we've connected with various organizations around town, which has been fantastic. Uh, you know, the tenet of our, our group is to make sure that people know who you are, uh, that they know where to go for help. Uh, and, and one of the interesting things, and guys jump in at any time when we talk about serve, you know, one of the things that, that I learned early on uh, in this process is that in, in talking to you, veterans have to ask for help. Uh, you, you can't dictate to veterans that you need help or you're going to get help or I'm going to do this for you or I'm going to do that for you. If they don't seek the help, if they don't ask for it, they're less likely to A, accept it, or B, get involved uh, in that. And so w one of the biggest pieces of, of the process that we have in place is that when we go out and network, you know, if, if we run into a veteran, they've got to tell us their story. They have to let us know why and what they're looking for. Uh, and the power of that tells me, you know, with the group that we have, and I'm going to run through some of the, some of the other uh, people that, that work with us through SERVE, you know, when a veteran comes to us through that network and the three of us get to see all of these stories, and, and, and man, some of them are unbelievable. Uh, and they're as simple as, you know, my roof caved in from Harvey, I need some help, to, you know, we're having a, an extremely long, large life change with a family member that's passing or, you know, a veteran that, that cannot work. And, and we muster as much strength as we can with this group uh, to be able to answer that. But it does start with that story. So I encourage any veterans that are listening, and, and I know Donnie and Heather, if you need help, tell us. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, it may not be something that the credit union can do. It may not be something that MVPN can do. But I'm going to read this list. But somebody in this group either can do it or they know somebody that can. And uh, so we, we've really put this thing together. So I'm going to just read through some of this. I've mentioned ACU of Texas. Uh, we've got Career and Re Recovery Services. That's also part of the Gulf Coast Center down there, uh, down in Galveston. Career Gear of Houston. Catholic Charities. Uh, they run a program for women. Uh, in the, in the Galveston area, but also in Houston. They actually have a home uh, that helps homeless uh, female veterans, which that's a fantastic program. Uh, you have CHAMP. I mentioned Sam Alex and, and his wife Kayla. They have been just incredible supporters of the, uh, uh, the local veterans. Sam himself is a, a veteran. Uh, the city of Nassau Bay, we have a, an Army veteran from there as well that has joined the group. Uh, we mentioned the coalition. We've got multiple colleges, College of the Mainland, San Jack. One of the things that we find out from veterans very simply is the GI Bill, you know, the, the Hazelwood Act, they're not using the benefits for themselves or their family members to go back and, and, and finish up an education that they may have started before or after they separated. Uh, you have Grace After Fire, uh, Goodwill of Galveston has joined our group. Uh, we mentioned the Gulf Coast Center MVPN. We also have the uh, MVPN uh, and MHA from the Houston area uh, joining us. We have uh, innovative alternatives. We have individual contribu contributors. There's 10, 10 or 12 of them that show up every meeting that are veterans that don't have an organization, but they want to jump in and help. Team Rubicon. Uh, I mentioned San Jacinto College. The, the Mission Continues, which is one of the original groups that have started. Uh, we've been through three pl platoon leaders uh, <laughs> since they started, <laughs> but each one of the three have been just an amazing um, uh, person that runs uh, the mission continues the fourth platoon in this area and we've done some great work with them uh, we've got uh, VVA 685 
purely a Vietnam veteran era group uh, trying to make sure that we connect with them. And, and I can go on and on with the list, and, and if I miss somebody from the group that's, that is listening, I'm sorry, uh, I only have a few moments, but the, the power of the group is that if you know, it, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. And, and some of, the, some of the, the issues or problems that we do see with the veterans cannot be solved by anybody at the table. It, it is somebody uh, at, within the group. So talk a little bit about your experiences with SERVE and, and the things that you guys have been able to do uh, with that. Sure. So um, I'll just tell you actually something through SERVE happened yesterday. So uh, a couple, well, I'll say a couple of weeks ago, we got a huge furniture donation to one of our support groups, it's called um, Turn Two. It's based out of Galveston down there. It's a veterans peer-to-peer -peer support group. It's actually our largest group. They have about 20 guys that come there all the time and they feed them pizza and do different things. So anyway, somebody reached out and said, hey, I have all this furniture, I wanna give it to you guys. And we were like, oh my gosh, you know, we don't have anywhere to store all of this stuff. And so dumb me, I'm like, oh yeah, just put it in my house, you know, downstairs, no worries. And so the moment it just kind of worked out. Yesterday, one of the homeless veterans that we had been dealing with through SERVE um, was living in his vehicle for a while. He had a special needs daughter and they were really struggling um, to get into a place. And I just found out yesterday that he got into a place. So we got into action right away and two of our volunteers came and a man took um, probably all the furniture I'm not even sure how much they took because it was a lot really a lot pots and pans and dishes and and beds and dressers and kitchen you know all kinds of stuff and took it to him and his daughter and now they're even wanting to start like a GoFundMe to try to get their daughter a, a television because they have nothing man uh, the the Vietnam veteran just lost his spouse recently and they're struggling but these are the kind of people that reach out to serve you know right. they may be familiar with some of the other programs that are out there but they just don't know how to ask for those small things and it is who you know and, and that's what I want to tell the people who are listening is that you don't have to be in need to come and participate you don't have to come with the idea that you want to volunteer there are trainings available and I hope you come it's called basic training we have one at least once a month come and get your peer support mentor certification it's good throughout the state or uh, wherever you go uh, it's an easy way to get connected but if nothing else just come to an event come and meet us come and meet the veterans and the active duty folks and the family members who are out here with us and have conversations share the knowledge share what you know build each other up man because cool stuff happens all the time Absolutely. And, and the thing to not forget is, is you know, there's 35 or so organizations and that's just the, this small group, but they all hire or they know somebody that's hiring. Mm -hmm. and, and one all of the, the best time. connections that we have are uh, trying to hire veterans. I mean, obviously, both of you, when you separated, you were looking for jobs and veteran organizations picked you up. And so Absolutely. there are a lot of veteran organizations looking for good people like yourselves to a continue the mission, so to speak. But also, you know, get the word out. Tell people there. It's not just about, you know veterans that are out there it's not just that you have a, a mental disorder or that you need you know physical help or financial help there's veterans that are looking for jobs that may not have PTSD or that they're looking for uh, other services that are available to them just because they've separated from the military so it's not all gloom and doom and we mm -hmm. have to remind people of that as well there's a lot of uh, veterans that that have not served uh, in uh, in combat but they still are veterans they've served they've done a lot for our country and there's a lot right. of services available for them as well 
Uh, and I, you're, you're, you're wanting to talk, talk, uh, one of the things that we did last year was a food drive through yeah. the coalition. And that's a little bit different than the emergency manager. Talk about right. those food drives. Well, so Jay, I wanted to tell you first, though, the neat thing about serve is that being a veteran, there's so much stuff that happens in Houston for veterans. There are tons of events. There's, there's a lot of services based out of Houston. I live in league city. I don't want to drive up into Houston. I mean, if I have to go there for something, I'll try and time around when I know traffic is going to be horrible. So the neat thing about serve being local to Galveston County is that there are so many veterans in League City and Dickinson and Santa Fe and San Le all of these places. We're HQ, you know, our HQ is serve. And the cool thing about having our meetings at the credit union corporate office is that some of the people that are coming, like you said, that aren't in need, you know, they come to ACU of Texas and they say, well, wait a second, I, now that you mentioned I'm looking for a house or something, and they say, mm -hmm. wait, so you guys do so much for veterans and first responders you. that you waive a ton of fees. And, I mean, you trust me, I've been with big banks. They've never offered me to come to a, a headquarters to go through some sort of a training to prepare me to buy a house and then offered to give me lunch and breakfast. So it's neat having that local, close-knit feeling to what we do. But uh, the food truck event, ACU of Texas offered a huge, beautiful uh, green space and parking lot and a flow of traffic and you know, just at that event, we were able to help 400 families that were either in need or could really benefit from a box of food and toiletries and books and things for the kids. And it's just kind of out-of-the-box thinking that, that really formulated what we call our Gift and Kind program. But it's placing water, you know, in large amounts and, and food. And it was just, it was so great. And it's, it's so neat because, you know, like Heather said, how many veterans we have in Galveston alone? You know, we can't all be on island time, but <laughs> everything, even the folks in Galveston, if they need something, a lot of them would think that they would have to go up into Houston to get it that's right. and serve as living, breathing proof, you know, that that's not the case. It's, it's not just in League City. It's in Galveston and it's in Dickinson and it's all around us, right. but you don't have to go up inside the Beltway to get it. And, and I think that's great. And believe it or not, that we are actually out of time. So guys, thank you both of you for coming in. I appreciate Thanks, your service uh, in the military. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, SETexasHeroes.com is the serve website. Please join that. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys again. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Get Associated uh, with Kathy. She will be back next week. And I am Jay Kopic with Associated Credit Union. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you. Thanks, Jay.